0: Going now to Dan Slevin with Shortcut uh, to see what he's been up to, what he's been watching and what he can recommend. Kia ora. good evening Dan.
1: Hi Karen, how are you?
0: I'm good, thank you. How's your kindness quoted today? Anyone been kind to you?
1: Look, I think, uh, um, yeah, I might pass on that particular question today. Um, oh, but oh, just know. To <laughs> no, it's been a, it's, it's been a, it's been a 12-hour day of budgets today and uh, invariably that means making tough decisions and you can't always be kind when you're trying to fit um, square pegs into round holes financially speaking you know so you you sometimes you just you just have to park that and hope that people will um Will understand
0: uh, interesting what claudia said though those hard decisions uh may w- will bode well for the rest of the people you know you might have to have that hard conversation that hard decision but if it's being kind to um you know th- to the others that it affects so i suppose yeah I, th- I
1: think i think that's i think that's definitely true um just on the subject of burt bacharach i'm not sure if you've mentioned this um before this evening but i think one of my favorite um, Burt Bacharach albums is the one he he made with Elvis Costello, yes. um, in 1998 called Painted from Memory. Um, so you, if you get a chance to dig some of that out, that would be, that's very worthwhile.
0: Yeah, very good. I'll I'll play a track from I'll play that particular track as well. That's the title track to the album, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's got a um, a box set that Elvis Costello, which is coming out in March, which uh, is 30 years of their collaboration together. So he'll be Aren't devastated. Great, great friends. Yeah, he, he, I don't think I've seen a, a tribute from Elvis Costello, but he, he's probably just still reeling from the news.
1: Mm, absolutely. Right,
0: what have you got for us tonight? What have you been watching?
1: Well, uh, um, the first, the first. Um Title that I want to talk about tonight. Actually, we watched about nine months ago, and I thought at the time I oh, really want to write about this or um, find a way to, to, to talk to people about it. And um, thankfully, I have the opportunity tonight. And it, it's a series on the Disney Plus streaming service called Moon Knight. And it is in the Marvel Comics stable, um, although it doesn't necessarily um, at this point in time uh, fit into the marvel cinematic universe it's not uh this character doesn't interact with uh, uh spider-man or any of the other uh, or captain america or any of the other uh, big name marvel characters but he is um quite a uh, a, a modestly well-known character from the comics uh, and somebody who is quite well loved by comic fans and i was really I'm intrigued by it because the central character, the the superhero Moon Knight, was going to be played by Oscar Isaac, and Oscar Isaac is not only one of the uh, biggest stars in the world at the moment, but he's one of the best screen actors in the world. And I was like, wow, something must be something must be quite special about this particular character and this particular story to attract um, this, an actor of your calibers' uh, uh, attention. Anyway. Um, we'll play a little uh, a very short clip and that will give you an idea about i think why oscar isaac wanted to do this steven you got to give me control it's the only way you're not gonna die let me save us
0: oh super superhero <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, a short clip, and the and the reason why Oscar Isaac was so interested in doing this particular project is because he is both of those characters talking there. Ah. Um, he plays he plays one uh, character in the first few episodes, uh, an, a shy Englishman called Stephen Grant, who is a uh, a lonely museum. Um, a gift shop attendant who just happens to know an enormous amount about the kind of Egyptian artifacts that his museum is looking after, um, but he is uh, a troubled individual who can't sleep or uh, gets gets visitations in his dreams and uh, is 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 obviously very um, uh, discombobulated by life. Uh, and then one of those. Visitations turns into a kind of alter ego for himself, a character called Mark Specter, who is a, a tough American um, mercenary who, in his spare time, is inhabited by a genuine Egyptian god called Khonshu. Anyway, you you these two characters, all both played by the same actor, who may in fact be two character uh, two. Um, People inhabiting the same brain, um, they converse and uh, and then they have to try and um, work together to solve a particularly dastardly riddle in terms of uh, a super, not a supervillain in this particular case, but a villain played by Ethan Hawke, another great screen actor. Um, who wants to uh, take over the world using the power of the Egyptian gods that he has been able to tap into? And uh, look, it's it's a it's a real globe-trotting, exciting, thrilling piece. But it, at its heart, it's also a character study. It's a character study of uh, something called uh, dissociative personality disorder or identity disorder, um, trauma, mental illness, but. And, and you think, so what are we really seeing here? Are we seeing somebody falling apart or is there some genuine supernatural thing going on? And it's just extremely well done. Not only is it well done uh, in terms of it, its characterization and its detail and what have you, it's really stylishly well made. Uh, the lead Director on the film is an Egyptian director called Mohamed Diab, and this is a film that really leans in to its Egyptianness, if you know what I mean. It's that was one of the reasons why we really enjoyed it, because you know, in many ways the. Um, the television version of the Marvel universe is infinitely more interesting than the movies are allowed to be. They There's so much money spent on those movies that they have to make so much money that they, they have a lot of the sort of interesting edges shaved off them. Whereas the television series are often, uh, that they, they get uh, fresh young directors to make them, they get to go to interesting places, and they're cast really um, interestingly well. And I think Moon Knight is a, a, a great example. I haven't seen too many people... Um, Really going into bat for this, but I I do recommend that if you want some uh, Friday Night Escapism and you do have a Disney Plus uh, subscription, then six episodes of Moon Knight will fly by really quickly and you'll get to see Oscar Isaac, uh, an, an actor really at the peak of his powers. He's changing personality in mid shot in conversations with themselves. This is really, really hard to do. And it's the kind of thing that great actors, uh, is, it's just like a muscle flex to be able to do that sort of thing. And, and it's just, um, it's fantastic. Great, I, we, we really enjoyed it.
0: Great recommendation. And um, what about your Netflix subscription? Have you shared it with anyone?
1: Look, I... Uh... No, no. Well, you, you're asking me about kindness here again, and uh, I'm afraid I'm am going to come up short there. No, I don't. I do not, and have never shared uh, my Netflix subscription. Oh gosh, um, I have. I'm surprised, actually. I mean, so, so perhaps who knows? If I had been tested, maybe I would have been. I, I would I would have uh, found found the kindness in my heart to do so.
0: If someone had asked you,
1: yeah, if you somebody mean? bothered us. <laughs> right.
0: Uh, there's a text here for you, Dan. It says, "Yo, bro." Karen, I can drill square holes. I'm a joinery engineer by trade. Well, you can't drill a square hole, really, but a bit of help makes square holes. It's called a, a mortiser or a mortiser.
1: That well, works. there you go. <laughs>
0: that that well, may help I'll, you along.
1: <laughs> I'll, add, I, I'll add that to the list of things I need to learn about. <laughs> okay. The many things I need to
0: learn about. Right. Um, when you're doing budgets uh yeah. so cairo station this is on netflix is it a film or or is it a series
1: this is a, this is a film and and inspired by moon Knight, uh and also uh, an email i got from uh, a film loving friend of mine well, there, there are a few of us here in new zealand that really love old movies and uh when we spot something that uh that's you know, a classic from the archives or, a, or a rare, something rare that turns up on one of the streaming services, we let each other know. And a friend of mine let me know that Netflix had uh, a wee while ago, had um, uploaded to their system um, about a dozen films by one of the great Egyptian filmmakers from the 1950s to the 1990s, a guy called Yusuf Shaheen. And this is the guy who in 1954 discovered Omar Sharif. And he... Is sort of one of the one of the titans of Egyptian cinema. Uh, the film Cairo Station that we're going to talk about today uh, was in competition at the Berlin Film Festival in 1958, and um, he. It, it, this is. I think quite an extraordinary thing for Netflix, you know, they get such a hard time for not having any um, classic movies or not having enough classic movies and for also only really directing your attention at the new stuff and the stuff that they've made or paid for that they want you to watch that some of the most interesting things on Netflix are buried so deep that you would never stumble across them by accident, except for this friend of mine who sent me an email and said, look, Yusuf Shaheen's Cairo station is on Netflix. So uh, that encouraged me to do a little bit of a search on Netflix. And I just plugged in the word Egypt. And all of a sudden, there's a whole bunch of films, not just uh, the Yusuf Shaheen classic films from uh, over 40 years, but there's, a, there's probably 20 films that are relatively recent commercial hits from Egypt. And I've always thought that if you really want to get to know a country, a culture, watching their commercial cinema is much more interesting and informative than watching their arthouse cinema, where often you, the arthouse films are made for an international audience, but the the commercial stuff's made for the local audience, and that's when you know what really makes what, what kind of stuff really makes a country laugh anyway back to cairo station and it's a drama it's inspired by uh, kind of italian neo-realism that came out of uh, the post-world war ii era so it's kind of gritty uh, real locations uh, often uh, many of the actors are uh, non-professional actors and it's set in the titular cairo station the railway station that sends people from cairo to alexandria and to all over all over the nation and uh this is, is there's a group of characters there that we follow um, these people are, um, are often quite desperate they're poor uh, there's a, uh, a a young woman called hanuma whose job it is to jump onto the trains with a um, a bucket full of soft drinks and try and sell them and then jump off the moving train and jump onto another moving train. And this is, you know, sort desperately dangerous stuff. Um, she becomes the object of some affection for uh, a rather sad, um, a slightly crippled man called Kinawi, who sells newspapers in the station. And he's played by the director Yusuf Shaheen and um, his obsession over her you can see is going to end badly for for him and perhaps for her, too. And uh, because she is betrothed, she's going to get married to Abu Siri, played by Farid Shawki, who is a bit of a bully, a bit of a chauvinist, as you can imagine, in 1958 um, Cairo. But he's also trying to unionize the workers on the station. And so he's kind of he's he's got that sort of he's a good man, but he's also got this ba- these bad traits. Anyway, it's a drama. It's got some humor in it. It, it. Like a lot of films from the 1950s and 60s, there's a kind of weird musical interlude where a, a, a rock band plays uh, music to people dancing in the carriages of the of one of the trains. And uh, it's also, like I say, this kind of a neorealism, but also a bit of film noir. There's a serial killer on the loose. Like it's got a whole bunch of stuff going on inside it. And uh, it is um, quite quite extraordinary I'm not expecting this particular recommendation to be uh, for everybody listening to go jumping onto Netflix and watching it because it's it's not to everybody's taste old movies not not everybody likes them Um, but what I want to encourage people to do is that if you're ever at a loose end and you think oh look i've just got no idea what to watch just go to netflix in particular because their ca- catalog is much deeper than you would think and just type a just type a kind of random word into their search box and just see what comes up like i just typed in egypt and all of a sudden there's a whole bunch of stuff that I, that, that would be interesting to watch from different eras television um cinema um drama comedies it's it, i i just think that if we get locked into the what the algorithm wants to push towards us especially now that the algorithm is wanting to push the the films and the television series that Netflix has been making themselves that they've got the biggest stake in. Uh, and also, you know, we, we kind of like to stand around the water cooler and all talk about that the, we watch the same things and, you know, etc. But you know, we, there's so much diversity there in Netflix that we just we don't get to see because it just doesn't get pushed to the top of our lists. So, um, Cairo Station, I I really uh, enjoyed it. It's um, it 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 it's not in the top 100 sight and sound movies of all time, but it's certainly a portrait of a of a place and a time which I didn't really know very much about before.
0: Well, let's get a little bit of a feel for it, Cairo Station.
1: Mm. دي مصر قلب المدينة كل دقيقه بيطلع منها قطر وكل دقيقه بيوصل فيها قطر من الناس with وبيفتلوا فيها اللي من بحري من ابدي والخواجه ومن البلد الغني والفقير الشغال والعاطل انا بتبولي متعاهد الصحف في المحطه وده الكشك اللي ببيع فيه
0: Didn't understand a word of it <laughs>
1: No, but it's, also, it's all very well subtitled yes. when you watch it on Netflix. So uh, that's actually the opening sort of narration. Uh, the the guy who runs the newsstand, who employs poor Kenawi, um explains to all of us watching what Cairo Station is about and the people who are there. And uh, it's, it's, it's a little bit like the opening um to um, Casablanca, where, you know, you, 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 there, there's, there's one central character that wants to introduce you to the world of the story, and that, that, that was what that little speech was.
0: Right, uh, and your last um, review tonight is a Netflix one on The Mummy. Let, let's play the clip and then talk about it.
1: Sure. Um, did I miss something? Are we, are we going into battle Lady, there's something out there. Something underneath that sand. Yes, well, I'm hoping to find a certain artifact. A book, actually. My brother thinks there's treasure. What do you think's out there? In a word, evil. The Bedouin and the Tuaregs believe that Hamanoptera is cursed. Oh, look, I don't believe in, in fairy tales and hokum, Mr. O'Connell, but I, I do believe that one of the most famous books in history is buried out there, the Book of Amun-Ra. It contains within it all the secret incantations of the Old Kingdom. It's what first interested me in Egypt when I was a child. It, it's why I came here, sort of a, a life's pursuit.
0: And the fact that they say that it's made out of pure gold makes no never mind to you.
1: Right. You know your history. I know my treasure.
0: <laughs>
1: but there's evil out there. Yes, indeed, indeed. So this was one that showed up when I did that search for Egypt. Um, just wondering what was what was there, and, and of course, buried deep in the in, in the archives of Netflix is is that 1999 film, The Mummy, which stars Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weiss, who you just heard in that particular clip. And and I look, I I thought have I seen that film? And I realised that I hadn't. And of course, Brendan Fraser um, is the flavour of the month at the moment. He's on that big sort of comeback trail for uh, his film, The Whale, and there's uh, strong possibility that he's going to win an Academy Award for that part. And, but I must admit that his the the first run uh, of, of Brendan Fraser's career was kind of passed me by. And so I thought, well, why don't I watch The Mummy and see what all the fuss is about? And it is a kind of, indiana jones clone i suppose uh it's you know american or and british adventurers uh in exotic locations searching for treasure the interesting twist on it is that rachel Weiss, uh her character is the smart one the one who actually knows what they're looking for um and uh brendan fraser plays uh, the kind of the heroic Uh, Indiana Jones type adventurer the only problem that I have with this film well one not the only problem I have a few but the main problem I have with this film is that it doesn't bother telling you anything about him like he has to do all of this work to try and create a character even though you don't know anything about where he's from what his backstory is what kind of a you like it's 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 kind of weird He's a weirdly blank slate throughout this is another sort of adventure film with uh Egyptian gods and mummies coming to life and it's kind of it's got some horror elements uh, which might spook some of the younger people in the family but I have to say that in 1999 digital uh, cinematic effects were not that sophisticated so um, some of it does look kind of clunky and pixelated and, uh, and, and certainly the humour hasn't travelled through time the way that um, the, 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 mummy's, the mummy's ghost has.
0: But enjoyable nonetheless.
1: <laughs> Look, it's, it is, it's, it's hokum and uh, I have to say Rachel Weiss, uh, this is one of her uh, early starring roles and you could see that she was, uh, she was going to be something great because she is, uh, the, I mean, the camera has always loved her and uh, she is giving it everything and definitely much, much better than the material that she's been working with.
0: Well thank you very much Dan for those reviews and uh, we'll, we'll let you get back to uh, viewing whatever, whatever's on your list for this coming week uh, and we'll, we'll catch you next Friday night.
1: Thank you, looking forward to it.
0: That's Dan Slevin with The Shortcut.